You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Hey listeners, Mark Bird here. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Time to Revive. Joining me remotely today is Rachel Bain from Dayton, Ohio. Rachel, welcome to the program today. Hi, thanks for having me. This is an exciting episode because what we're going to start to unpack is a little bit of a further unpacking from a couple of different episodes that we're in this series right now. It's called Discipleship, right? Lifestyle of Discipleship. We concluded many weeks of lifestyle evangelism, but then we're now morphing into discipleship because Jesus said in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he said, go and make disciples. We've talked about that in many episodes, and we've kind of beat that dead horse into glue a little bit, but here's the thing. It never changes. So Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His will is the same. His word is the same. And his desire for us to make disciples is really the same. And so, Rachel, thanks for being willing to jump on here and to share some of your experiences, to share some of the things that have brought me joy and encouragement over the years, as well as Jill. I'm grateful for our friendship, but thanks again for jumping on the on the call with us today. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. And I always love to talk about Jesus with you and Jill. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) The audience knows, those who have tuned in at all to any previous episodes, you all know that I pray each time and each week we have a very special guest. And I call every one of them a special guest because they are truly special guests to me, but they're special guests to the Lord. And you guys know that I'm asking the Lord for a specific word for each episode. And uh, Rachel and I have agreed to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us and use us today. But one of the unique perspectives and reasons that I wanted Rachel to join me today is because we want to unpack a little bit about some of the experiences that Rachel has had in discipleship. And here's what's kind of unique, because as we mentioned before, discipleship's a kind of a churchy word. And so I don't know, Rachel, that you would have always called what you do discipleship per se, but yet it really is because if it's helping others, if it's equipping others, if it's teaching others, and that's what I've seen through you through the years that we've been acquainted, Rachel, in ministry is just the giving of yourself, the giving of yourself to teaching others. Lord, if you, and I'm putting words into your mouth, maybe a little bit here, but Lord, use me, Lord, however that looks like. And I know I've heard you say that, Rachel, many times (laughs) pray. So, but just share with us just from the very perspective of what does discipleship mean to you and what does it look like to you? Okay. So when we chatted about me being on your show, I really started to think about that on a deeper level and pray about that. And even if you look up the word disciple and you study the Greek word, and like Pastor Mark, you said, a lot of these words can seem churchy. um, They are biblical, but if you're not someone that was raised in church, it can be overwhelming or confusing. So that's why I love that you're breaking this down for people because the gospel is simple, right? And so 
when you look up the word disciple, you see this, the student, a learner. And a lot of times, as you said, we are doing discipleship in life and we don't even realize it because someone is always watching us, right? Someone is always like the apostle Paul said, imitate me. So when you think about what discipleship is and what that looks like, if you identify as a follower of Jesus Christ, then you are called to be a part of discipleship. And so anyone that is learning from you or doing life with you, essentially that can be discipleship. Even your children, you're raising tiny disciples when you, you know, are giving an example and teaching your, your children. And what that is, is just really helping people to understand, you know, a biblical perspective, you know, how would Jesus handle this situation? What does God's word say about this? And when you live that out in your daily life, there are people in your circle of influence who you're discipling without even realizing it. So essentially we're all making disciples. It just might look differently depending on where we are at in our lives. I know people who are making disciples in the workplace in a business setting. You do it everywhere all over, right. uh, which I really admire about you. Um, some people are doing that within their family unit. Uh, some people are doing that within outreach ministries like myself. So it just looks a little bit different for all of us, but it doesn't have to be, like you said, a big complicated thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a three-piece suit. And I'm not picking on, per se, people that wear three-piece suits, but I'm saying it's more complicated to get into a three-piece suit, right, than to throw on a sweatshirt and, and some sweats. And so that's what we're really trying to do today, especially, Rachel, is kind of unpack or really just put on discipleship from a sweatshirt perspective. Mm-hmm. meaning that it's just simple and you don't have to overthink it. Really, one of the things I think I want to bring out today, Rachel, in our conversation is for the body of Christ, those listeners, is not, not overthink discipleship. Right. Like, don't make it this mountain. Yeah, exactly. It can look like something as simple as being there for someone when they need someone to listen, showing someone empathy doing a Bible study with a group of friends, reading the Bible with your children, or even your behaviors that you have in front of your kids or your spouse or significant other, or your bestie. It could be a conversation on the phone you're having with your best friend and they ask for your advice or opinion on something. And you go to God's word to to guide them and and their decision-making. So To me, from Rachel's perspective, I believe all of that kind of encompasses discipleship. I think you're right, Rachel. And that's really what I wanted you to say, even though I didn't necessarily tell you that, but yet that's practical. And that's what I'm excited about you sharing what's real, what has been real to you. And one of the things I just heard you say was to be a discipler, you have to be a listener. Yes. Sometimes it's as simple as that, right, Rach? Yeah. And it's also obedience, right? We're obeying, you know, a lot of people have heard this called the great commission, right? Right. You know, in Matthew 28, when Jesus says, you know, go and make disciples. Well, 
it comes down to obedience too. You have to decide to go and, and do all of that. And it can be as simple as here's an example. Now, this is a vulnerable example, but if you know me, Pastor Mark, I'm pretty much an open book. Yes. Recently, I had a situation with my boyfriend and I felt myself shrink back. And the Holy Spirit was like, but that could have been a teaching moment. Oh. So that is even discipleship. It truly is. And that's what we're talking about. Right. And it's the daily things that happen in our life and how we navigate them, the choices that we make. Yeah. And last week we started talking about discipleship as a lifestyle. And one of the things that I want to kind of get into today in this conversation, Rachel, is because we always point to the scriptures always in these episodes, but interestingly enough, I want to bring to people's attention a scripture out of Matthew chapter seven. And sometimes I hear this in the body of Christ. And I say with social media, especially Rachel, I see people's posts all over the body of Christ all over. And I see people talking about doing things for the Lord. Okay. Just recently it struck me and saying, I think Jesus would rather do things with us instead of having us do things for him. Does that make any sense at all? It does, because I think the Lord's ultimate desire is to have that communion with us. Right. And the Holy Spirit resides within us. So it would make sense to change our perspective on that. So I want to take us to Matthew chapter 7 for just a moment. And uh, this is interesting because, uh, as I mentioned again last week, I have these little subtitles in my Bible that aren't the scripture per se, but they're little subtitles, and I think they're interesting sometimes. And the subtitle to this particular passage, starting in verse 21 of Matthew 7, is the true way into the kingdom. Right. And for those listeners, I pray that everybody would want to get into the kingdom. So if it's saying, here's the true way into the kingdom, I want to go, whoa, what does that say? Not everyone, these are red letters, Jesus speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And he goes on in verse 22 to say, many will say to me in that day, and and Rachel, you said obedience. You said, what about obedience. It's a big part of this. And here we go. Verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? Those are things for the Lord. I'm not saying we shouldn't do things for the Lord. We do things for those that we love. We do. But if it's just about checking off a list without the creator, okay, verse 23, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So it's kind of like I'm saying the right things. I'm checking the boxes, but I'm really not living it. And that's a scary thing. Now, Interestingly enough, there's a little division here in the next couple of verses, but I think they go hand in hand. So I'm a big person of context. The listeners know this. Verse 24 goes on and says, therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, 
Here we go. Obedience once again. I will liken him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. In verse 25, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. I think they go hand in hand, Rachel. You know, it's one thing to know about the Lord and it's one thing to do things for the Lord, but really don't think that's what he's really ultimately after. Yeah, I think Jesus wants our hearts in an intimate relationship with us one-on-one. And then when it comes to discipleship, that pours out from our one-on-one relationship with Christ and discipleship becomes a lifestyle. That's so good. And Rachel, it ties all the way back to the scripture you quoted early is imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's what I hear you saying here as well. It's like when you have that relationship with him, it will spill over and others will want to imitate Christ because of that working. Yeah, you'll, you'll be fulfilling the Great Commission without even realizing it because you're just walking out that lifestyle and you're reflecting the light of Christ into the world and to those around you. And when you go back to this whole checklist thing, that really stands out to me because in a previous ministry that I worked with, it was all about evangelism, evangelism, which you had told me this statement, which I thought was so profound is that evangelism and discipleship were like cousins. Yeah. Yeah. First <laughs> cousins. So, yeah. First cousins. And so if you, you think about that, We have to be really careful as the church, which we are all the church, the body of Christ, to not make it just another checklist item. Because what what I had seen in previous ministry is we do so much evangelism and we're getting all these people, but the discipleship piece is missing. Right. And so that was something that was brought to my awareness that I tried to come up because I was a pastor and a leader at that time in that ministry. It's like, okay, so how do we fix this? And we did a lot of mentoring women one-on-one and we used different discipleship methods like Multiply by Francis Chan. There are all different kinds of ways that you can go about it, but I think it's so beautiful when you look at it in the context, like you're saying, like lifestyle, living it out on the day-to-day. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right, Rach, which really takes me to one of the things on my heart for our conversation today. And you touched on it already because I always like to bring a practical side to this. We're taking everyone through the scriptures, per se. We're pointing the scriptures. We're reading the scriptures. And it's one thing to hear and to know what the scripture is saying, but to actually take it and apply it in a practical sense to my life. So what a lifestyle is to me is something that I do regularly, daily, if you will. Like That's what a lifestyle looks like. How do I have a lifestyle of evangelism, Rachel, on a practical standpoint, because here we are and some people hear and some people read and they go, yeah, this is a couple thousand years old, this text. And I mean, just honestly, that's where some of us think about that. So Rachel, either it works today, like it worked before, or it doesn't. And so what I want to touch on and kind of unpack a little bit here is what does it look like in a practical sense? And you touched on a couple of them. You said in the workplace, there are people that disciple people in the workplace, right? Right from a secular perspective. But another Mm -hmm. thing that I think is really interesting, and I want to ask you this question, Rachel, because 
you've also been about discipleship in young people. Like you've experienced that. Rachel, I want to not only hear what that means to your heart, I want the listeners to hear and understand how important you think that is and when should we do that and how should we do that? Well, yeah, I was a kids pastor for many, many years. And in some rights, I think I still am just from an outreach perspective instead of inside the local church. So one thing is that a lot of people are very intimidated. Adults are intimidated by the Bible. Yeah. It's not even that they just think, oh, this was too over 2000 years ago. It doesn't apply today. They don't know where to start. They don't understand what some of this stuff means, which makes sense because if you don't have a degree in theology, you just open up your Bible and you went straight to revelations. Well, that would be pretty terrifying if you didn't know it was symbolism. Right. So one thing that really seemed to help is empowering parents to know or caregivers, because a lot of people are raising children that, you know, are not their biological kids. So anyone raising kids or working with children, you can read a kid's Bible if that makes it easier. And there is absolutely no judgment and shame in that. I love that. Yeah. I've given many kids Bibles. Like I used to lead a women's ministry and people can often learn better from those Bibles when they're newer in their faith. And I love that. Sometimes I'll even reference, you know, kids Bibles when preparing messages and all different kinds of resources. Now we have the version Bible app for people who are all about their cell phones and apps. You can get a daily scripture read to you and a pastor from a different church every day on that version app. And it's free. will break down what that means. So it's taking steps like that for you to learn so that you have an understanding and you can not only apply it to your life, but then you can teach the kids in your life because it's our responsibility to teach them. We can't just think like, okay, we send kids to school to learn, but we help them with homework at home. But living a life with Christ and teaching a child to have a relationship with Christ is totally different. So it's not a just, I'm sending you to Sunday school or church every Sunday morning, and you're going to learn what, like, yes, that is massively important. And I don't want to undervalue the importance of that, but it goes far beyond that is that we have a responsibility to build them up because we have the most time with them. The kids pastor or the Sunday school teacher, they get one or two hours a week with kids but we have them all the time at home and we can be emulating the character of Christ right in front of them with our actions, with our words, with our choices, but we can bring them alongside of us in that we can read together. We can study together. We can talk about what integrity looks like in their lives when they're going through something at school, how they should forgive people and help people and how they can shine their light in their school because they are little tiny disciples that I'm going down. I go down a rabbit trail with this because I love kids and I'm passionate about it. But I think parents can do this, but not put so much pressure on themselves. And it doesn't have to be a hard, complicated thing. Rachel, that was perfect because what I want folks to know, like, okay, this is what we do as Christians. Well, okay. Well, does that qualify me? You know what I'm saying? You know, the the folks, the believers, the mamas out there 
does that qualify me? Like, I want to share this real quick. You guys probably are all familiar with the very, very famous, popular song, little chorus that we've sang over the years. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice, right? Written by a housewife while doing the dishes. So the only reason I bring that up, and it's no like insignificance, but that's the whole point of this conversation, Rachel, is whatever you do is not insignificant in the least. You know, right before I hit the record button, I remember Jesus said, suffer not the little children to come unto me. You know, I was thinking about that scripture just popped into my head all of a sudden. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? That means that's discipleship opportunity. And Jesus said, man, well done, good and faithful servant. If that's where God's calling you to be a disciple maker. And again, it's not in what you label it. It's what you do. Yeah. I want to encourage people also something that I feel like the Holy Spirit dropped in my mind is that as a parent caregiver, if you make a mistake or you say a word or you do a thing that doesn't disqualify you, you're human. We are saved by grace. Like God is not looking for perfection. And so I want to encourage the parent or caregiver that's listening today that feels like they're not doing a good enough job. That's a lie from the enemy. And I want to encourage you to keep going. And also that God does not show partiality. So the great thing is, is like that person doing the dishes, like you said, Pastor Mark, they are not any less important than the pastor in the kids ministry every Sunday. Like we're all in this together. We're all equal. And I just want to encourage that person. I feel like someone's listening today that really needs to know you are making a difference, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it's exhausting and frustrating and your kids really are learning and growing from you. Can I just add a comment, Rachel, just kind of popped into my head too. And when thinking about what qualifies, you know, what's good enough and all those things. And I do not want to say that taking kids to Sunday school is bad because it's not, it's a great thing, but that alone doesn't mean that you just discipled your kid because you dropped them off for an hour at church, right? On Sunday, uh, discipleship is, if you will, a lifestyle, Rachel. And yes, we should take them to Sunday school and we should disciple them. Right. All week I long. mean, it's the same with us. You know, if I go to church on Sunday, but I don't talk to Jesus all week long through prayer, or I don't get any scripture in me, what's going to start to happen to me? You know, it's like not watering your plants. Rachel, that is so good. And I think it's so true because we aren't just talking about children, although it's good and it's your heart. And I wanted folks to hear this today, but it's the same for us adults as well. It's all about that relationship, which now takes me over to Matthew chapter 25. And this is one of the things that I want to kind of expound on what we started looking at in Matthew 7. But over in Matthew 25, jumping down to begin in verse 33, and he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Okay, so this is Jesus, red letters again, he's going to separate, God is going to separate the sheep from the goats. And if you don't know the context, because I'm not going to read through all of it for time's sake, but basically he's making a separation here. 
And he's calling people to give an account, if you will, of their lifestyles, of their actions, the way that they have lived their lives. And basically, Jesus is saying, then the king will come and say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. For I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. And I was in prison and you came to me. Now, Rachel, are those characteristics of discipleship? <laughs> yes. You know, they are. It yeah. was a baited question. They they truly were. Here's what I want to point out in verse 37. Again, I'm in Matthew 25. The righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Realize they were unaware of what they were doing. But the Lord Jesus said, listen, here it is in verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Here's the action that they're taking. It's out of a relationship. Rachel, you said this a couple of times today, out of an overflow of that relationship with Christ. And now it's spilling out and it's affecting others. It's teaching others. It's helping others. It's ministering to others. That's what discipleship looks like. That's what a lifestyle looks like. And you know what they were? Unaware. Remember back in Matthew 7, they're like, well, Lord, we did this. We did that. We did this, right? And Jesus is like, I never knew you. And now here the righteous, the truly righteous are saying, well, when did we do those things? You see the contrast? It's like being yeah, unaware. That's yeah, it's so like the powerful. left hand not knowing what the right hand's doing because mm -hmm. it's just in relationship with Christ. Which really makes me like, it's a reminder that it's organic. It happens yeah. naturally. Like you said, it just spills out of your life onto and into the people around you. That is exactly right, Rach. That's what my prayer is today for the listeners to hear and begin to understand. It's not, I remember Jesus quoted in John, he said, my believers, my beloved, they, they love me and they keep my commandments and my commandments are not burdensome. That's the New King James word that he uses, that they're not heavy. They're not a hassle. You don't have to begrudgingly keep these commandments, like, oh, like gritting your teeth. No, it's something based on a relationship. Well, Jesus, he wants me to do this, you know? Yeah. And it's like, keeps coming back to that word obedience that you said in the opening here, Rachel, it's all about the obedience to what Christ has called us to do. And the reason is, and Rachel, you've done this for so many years, and I've watched you get so much joy in serving. I've watched the joy overflow over you. I've watched you get joy in serving and helping others. And that's what it looks like. I think that's what Jesus wants it to look like. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Thank you for that reminder too. how much joy it does give me because, you know, it's never really about us. Right. Joy is a wonderful byproduct of obedience. 
Amen. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So a lot can be said about that. Yeah. And again, thank you for tuning in today. Just another power-packed episode of some really good stuff, but yet really practical things for us to be thinking about. Jesus really wants us to be a disciple. That might kind of go without saying, hopefully, but then Jesus really wants me to be a disciple maker. And as much as you may feel unqualified to do that, there is really no exception to that call. <laughs> like right. you mentioned, Rachel, the Great Commission is just not to clergy. It's not right. just to people with some sort of letters behind their name <laughs> in some Correct. sort of an educational <laughs> process. And I'm not knocking that, but I'm saying we're all called to be disciple makers, to make disciples. And this is Amen. just a couple practical ways that you can do that. Those believers that are, are sitting there, and I just pray that the Holy Spirit will help you through some of these words that have been mentioned and shared. And I want you to pray, jot down, you know, that Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 25, and also Matthew 25, verses 31 really to 45, read the whole thing and just ask God to speak to you about what that looks like for you personally, because the obedience thing, Rachel, that we keep mentioning and you said in the opening is for us individually. Every one of us has to be obedient to it. It's like, I can't say that my mom or my dad was obedient, so I'm good. You know? Exactly. Yep. It's for each one of us individually. It is, Rachel. Any closing thoughts or things on your heart that you want to share with the listeners? I would just say be encouraged. Be encouraged. You know, the fact that you took the time to listen to this podcast shows your desire to be obedient and to learn and to grow. So I just want to applaud your listeners for that. Amen and amen. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Time to Revive. I pray also that you were encouraged and that you'll want to tune in again next week. As you know, we'll have another very special guest with us on the episode in the program. And we look forward to worshiping and serving the Lord God Almighty with you. Until then, have a great and blessed day. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.